Alhamdulillah Hamdan kathiran Tayyiban mubarakan fih Kama yuhabbu rabbuna Wa yarda Ashadu an la ilaha illallahu Wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashadu anna Muhammadan abduhu Wa rasuluh Al-Nasihul Amin Allahumma salli ala Nabiyina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi Ajma'in Wa man tamasaka bisunnatihi Ila yawmiddin Thumma amma ba'd Alhamdulillah Ala ni'mat al-islami Wa sunnah All praise and thanks belong to Allah For guiding us To Islam and for guiding us to the sunnah. This is a ni'mah, ya ibad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has guided us to that deen that He accepts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guided us to that deen which is complete, which is perfect. This is a ni'mah upon us, bila shak, wa bila raib. That we have to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as relates to it. Bithnilahi ta'ala, as we mentioned in last in our last sitting, that this sitting will be an advice, an advice to the husbands. As we would like to look at Bithnilahi Ta'ala, a characteristic from the characteristics of a good husband, a characteristic from the characteristics of a good husband. And hence the title from the prophetic guidance for men, for the men, characteristics of a good husband. Also, as mentioned before, there's going to be some crossover. As some of the things that are mentioned, or the things that are mentioned here, are also applicable to the woman. And these are also from the characteristics of a good wife. But, bihnilahi ta'ala, we want to focus in on the men. Just as in the last class, our focus was on the women. This one... And this prophetic guidance has has to deal with and is related to anger management. Is related to anger management. Al ghadab, ma yuqalu عند al ghadab, that which is to be said when you get mad. And we touched upon this slightly yesterday. But in the Ta'ala, we want to get into some other issues as relates to it today. The Fadil to Shaykh, Shaykh Abdul Razak, bin Shaykh Abdul Mahsin, Al Badr, Hafidhahumullah Ta'ala. He mentions, he says, Al-Ghadab Min al-Khisal al He said, 
that anger is from the dispraiseworthy characteristics. Anger is from the dispraiseworthy characteristics. And bi'ithnillahi ta'ala we will come to know what is intended by anger, what he means by anger here. Ma'am. He says, Wal khilali mashina allati naha anha al-islam. And it is from those deficiencies, those gross deficiencies in which Islam has prevented, it has forbidden. وَحَذَّرَ مِنْهَا And it has warned against it with the most stern of warnings. وَهُوَ غَيَلَانُ الدَّمِ الْقَلْبُ and it is and it is the increasement of the blood in the heart due to it increasing in its beating. The heart starts beating fast. The blood pressure it rises. Naam as they say. The blood pressure it rises. And there are many, many forbidden actions which will emanate and stem from this anger. Like killing, murder, and hitting, striking, and the various types of transgression, oppression, and enmity. Transgression, oppression, enmity, oppressing others. And also a lot of evil and forbidden statements stem from what? From anger. When an individual is angry. فَرَدَّدَ مِرَارًا قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ لَا تَغْضَبُ Abu Huraira narrates as it comes inside of Sahih al-Bukhari that a man came to the messenger, came to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and he said, give me advice, advise me. To which the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said, do not get angry, do not get angry. The man repeated it. He repeated this advice over, meaning he repeated his request over, asking for advice. Each time the Prophet وسلم, he answered with the same answer. Do not get angry. La Do not get angry. الرجل, the Shaykh he goes on and he says, that this man he sought from the Prophet and to to give him advice, to give him advice, to give him a wasiya, wajiza, to give him a concise advice, to give him a concise advice, jamia, a concise advice that will 
gather together all of the characteristics of good. I want you to pay attention. He was requesting from the Prophet ﷺ a piece of advice that will gather and combine all of the characteristics of good. An advice that was a comprehensive advice. Naam. That consisted of all of the characteristics of good. So that he may act in, that he may remember it and act in accordance to it. فَوَصَّاهُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ أَنْ لَا And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم gave him the advice of not getting angry. Gave him the advice of not getting angry. Naam. I don't know if we see and we understand the significance of this. Again, he came asking the Prophet ﷺ to give him an advice. Not just any advice, but an advice that was comprehensive. An advice that collected a vast majority, a vast amount, a tremendous amount of good therein. An advice that combined all of the characteristics of good in that advice. And each time he asked for it, the Prophet ﷺ, he told him, don't get angry. Don't get angry. Naam. The Shaykh says, وَفِي هَذَا دَلَالَةٌ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ الْغَضَبِ جِمَاعُ الشَّرِّ وَمِفْتَاحُ He said, and in this there is an indication, it points us to the fact that anger, anger is the compilation. It combines evil, it combines all of the evil, and it is the key to evil. That anger combines the evil and it is the key to evil. Naam. And that verily, At-taharrus minhu jima'ul khayr. And that being cautious and taking caution from anger, then this will be the combining of what? Of all of the good, all of the good characteristics. And what? And that which is, and that which is needed to not get angry. And we're going to come to understand what is meant by don't get angry. Naam. وفي مسند إمام أحمد إسارة مسند أبي إمام أحمد من حديث from the hadith of Zuhra عن حميد بن عبد الرحمن عن الرجل من أصحاب النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ورضي الله تعالى عنه قال قلت يا رسول الله أوصني that a man from the companions of the Prophet وسلم, he said I said, O Messenger of Allah, give me advice. He said, don't get angry. The man, he said, He said, so I thought about it. I contemplated. He contemplated on the answer. He said, I contemplated about that which the Prophet وسلم, he said. He said, and thus I've realized and came to the conclusion that what? That anger combines all evil. That anger combines what all evil traits is combined where? In anger. That makes sense. Hmm? That makes sense? That the anger, it combines all of the evil traits. The Salaf, they have some statements on anger. They have some statements on anger. Because before we get into anger management, right, for lack of a better term, 
We need to know something about the nature of that which we need to manage. And in particular, and why this is important, this is important to the husband. Bila shakku bila roi. Likewise, it's important to the wife, right? But today we're talking to who? Talking to the brothers. It is important that we understand the danger of what we need to control. The Shaykh he mentions, that it comes narrations upon the Salaf, may Allah have mercy upon them. Very, various statements, various statements that warn against anger. And explaining the ill repercussions, the evil repercussions and ramifications of anger. And the bad results of anger. And the repugnant and bad results of anger and what it leads to from evil. يقول جعفر بن محمد رحمه الله تعالى الغضب مفتاح كل شر. He said, جعفر, he said that anger is the key to all evil. Anger is the key to all evil. I want you to reflect on that. There's certain traits of anger that we understand lead directly to evil things. For example, a person gets angry and he becomes verbally abusive. Or she becomes verbally abusive. Right? And what and what sparked that verbal abuse was what? Was anger. A person becomes angry and he or she oppresses. They start to oppress people because they're seeking for revenge. So they take things beyond the proper scope. Because what? Because they got angry. A person gets angry and he slaps and he hits and he strikes. Or she slaps and she hits and she strikes. But now we're talking to all the men. Now, domestic violence, domestic abuse, abusing the women, which is haram, not allowed in the deen of Islam, is what? Stems from what? From anger. Does the man slap her around because he's, he's pleased with her? No, because he's angry. It leads to him transgressing the bounds and oppressing her. Going too far and hurting her because he's angry. That's evil. Domestic violence is evil. It's not permissible in Islam for you to beat your women. No, because disciplining them is not beating them. Disciplining them is not leaving bruises upon them. Disciplining them is not breaking their bones. Disciplining them is not blackening their eyes, busting their lips and breaking their nose. That's not discipline. That's beating and that's haram. You understand? But this stems from where? From anger. Likewise, someone gets angry and then what they do? It leads to them making fornication. Huh? Someone gets angry. And it leads to them go and they say, oh, you, you treat me like that? Okay, then he go cheat on his wife. You treat me like that? Okay, she go cheat on her husband. Revenge. You heard of that before, right? Huh? Revenge, fornication. They have another term, but that's what it is. Revenge, fornication. Huh? Stems from what? From anger. And so on and so forth. When you reflect, you realize that the anger is the key for evil. It opens up the door for evil. Opens up the door for evil. So it's something that we need to definitely what be on guard with. And it was mentioned to Abdullah bin Mubarak, Rahimullah Ta'ala. He said, combine for us good character and one statement. Combine for us good character and one statement. 
That's a tall order, correct? That's a tall order. That's a tremendous request. Combined for us good character in one statement. It's a tremendous request. No doubt. However, for the person who's upon the sunnah, the person who's clinging to the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, the person who's knowledgeable about the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, is it a heavy order? No. Not at all. Why? Because the Prophet wasallam, he already explained it. If we understand and have understanding of the sunnah, and this is what is important, that we, we study so we can understand, so we can implement. We have to strive to understand properly the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam, to understand properly the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, to understand the guidance that is contained therein. Because these are those jewels, these are those jewels of guidance that are going to enrich our lives. But if you don't know what's there, you're not going to be able to benefit from it. That makes sense? If you don't know what's there, you're not going to be able to benefit from it. Ma'am? So because of the knowledge of Abdullah ibn Mubarak, of the sunnah of the Prophet it was very easy for him. Because he already knew the hadith when a man came and he, and, and he asked the same request. Give me advice, O Sunni. Give me advice. Give me that advice that combines all of the good. And the Prophet ﷺ, he told him what? La Don't get angry. So when he came and he asked Abdullah ibn Mubarak to give to, to combine for us good character in one in one statement, Paul he said, leaving off anger. Leaving off anger. Naam. And inshallah ta'ala, we're gonna come. We're gonna come to see what is what is meant and intended by don't get angry. Muqala Umar bin Abdul Aziz. And Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ عُصِمَ مِنَ الْهَوَى وَالْغَضَبُ وَالْطَمَعَ He said that verily he is successful, the one who is safeguarded from desires, desires, na'am, desires, safeguarded from bid'ah, safeguarded from lowly desires, na'am, and safeguarded from anger, and safeguarded from having an insatiable appetite and craving for the dunya. Huh? The one is greedy, insatiable appetite, craving for dunya and things like that. He said if, 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 if the one who is successful, then he is safeguarded from these three. And they are desires, anger, uh, anger, and an insatiable appetite for things. Now, then he is safeguarded. The shahid that we're looking at is what? Anger. Safeguarded from anger. وَكَانَ يُقَالَ And he used to say, أَوَّلْ غَضَبْ Listen to this. He used to say, أَوَّلْ غَضَبْ جُنُونَ وَآخِرُهُ نَدَمْ He would say that the beginning of anger is insanity. The beginning of anger is insanity. Now just reflect on this. Just reflect on this. And a lot of times, unfortunately, a person may only realize when it's too late, when it's over. Then they may then they may realize the insanity of the situation. A person gets angry and they start saying things, they start doing things, they start acting in such a way, and so on and so forth. You ever see someone so angry, you, you start acting, we got a gen inside you? You think it's possessed, you think she's possessed, the way they acted, their face look crazy, and they start saying crazy stuff, and doing crazy stuff, and moving crazy, and twitching it, and all this type of stuff. Like they're crazy, like they're possessed. That's the beginning of it. What's the end of it? What akhiru is? Nadab. And the end result of it is regret. Because now, when you're regaining your sanity, you start feeling bad about what you said. You start feeling bad about what you did. 
you start feeling remorse, remorseful that you took whatever that, that vase or you took your phone and you throw it against the wall and you broke it. Now you're feeling like, why did that? I don't know, that was stupid. Right? A man divorced his wife because he's angry. Just to feel bad. Why, 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 why do I shouldn't have did that? Subhanallah. The beginning of it is insanity. The end is regret. That's... You understand? What you call And it was said, Adul Akhir. It was said that the enemy of intelligence, the enemy of intelligence is what? Al-Ghadab. Is anger. The enemy of intelligence is anger. Naam. Because the anger, what does it do? It clouds the intelligence. It clouds the intelligence. And it's the reality. It clouds the intelligence. It clouds the intelligence. Even though, even though, this is not to say that every time you get angry, you become temporarily insane. That's not the case. Right? But it still clouds your intelligence. Even though a person be mad, and, how, and, 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 and we may have, may Allah Ta'ala guide all of us, we may have, and we may have heard people when they mad saying, no, I know exactly what I'm saying. And I mean what I'm saying, and I'm saying X, Y, and Z. <laughs> I know, I know exactly what I'm doing, and X, Y, and Z. Just to later on feel remorseful, which they ain't doing. Even though at the moment they say, no, I know what, I know what I'm saying. Yo, I know who I'm talking to. And then they go on to disrespect somebody. But the reality of it, what? Is that anger is the enemy of the intellect. Anger is the enemy of the of intelligence. And also was said, It's said that every every destruction is inside of anger. Every destruction is inside of anger. Now, now remember, this is advice to the husband. We're talking about this issue as it relates to our marital lives. How many marriages have been destroyed because of Anger. How many relationships have been destroyed because of anger? Naam. And remember, the shaitan, he's going to try to stoke the anger because he's out to destroy your marriage. So we have to be on our guard and we have to know those things by way in which the shaitan uses to try to destroy us and ruin our lives. We have to know the, the, the tools that he's going to ruin our lives with so we can be on guard as it relates to them. You understand what I'm saying? It's like in self-defense, for example. When you have self-defense, you get taught how to defend yourself if someone comes at you with a stick. You defend yourself differently if someone comes with a stick than if they come with a fist. They come with a fist, you move in a certain way. They come with a stick, you move in a certain way. They come with a knife, you move in a certain way. Correct? But it's important to know what's the weapon that's being used right now so you can properly defend yourself. So you can launch a proper defense. Likewise with the shaitan, the shaitan has many weapons that he uses against us. One of them is what? It's anger. So it's incumbent that we know the, the way of dealing properly with anger when he uses the weapon of anger against us. That makes sense? But yeah. They said that anger, every destruction is in anger. Every destruction is in anger. وَلَمَّا كَانَ الْقَدَرِ من الخطورة كان متعينا على كل مسلم أن يحذر منه. He said, it says anger is this level of 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 danger 
then it becomes yani, upon every Muslim to safeguard themselves and be on caution as relates to it. When you jahida, oh, now we get into, now we get into what is meant by la taghdaq. When you jahida nafsahu ala bu'd anhu, and that he strives, he makes jihad against himself to be away from what? To be away from anger. Uh, anger. Naam. So that he may or she may be safe from the evil repercussions and the bad ramifications of anger. And the statement of the Prophet in the aforementioned hadith لَا تَغْضَبُ and the hadith that the Prophet we said, don't get angry, then there are two tremendous affairs inside of that particular hadith that will safeguard an individual from anger and from the bad repercussions and evil repercussions of anger. The first thing is that what? The first of them, Al Amru bin Fi'l Asbab, Watamreen in Nafs, Alan Husn in Khuluk is a command to take the means, to take the means and the reasons and causes and also the training of the self upon good character. To take the means, the causes and training of the self upon good character. I want you to understand, all of this enters into la taqda. Because in order to fulfill that, then you have to train yourself upon good character, good qualities, good characteristics. From those good characteristics is what? And him being forbearant. You have to train yourself to become forbearant. What are some of the characteristics? I want you to understand when you understand that all of the good is contained inside of, of, of this command, implementing this command, is that when you look at that which is needed to be forbearant, then it needs that a person, what? That a person, get tabrafen. Right? And this is needed for successful marriage. This is needed. That a person turns a blind eye. Meaning that what? They turn a blind eye to infringements upon their rights. When necessary, of course. Right? Because, as mentioned before, There's not for every statement an answer. And the answer to many of things you don't like is just to be quiet. Act like, well, she ain't say that. Right? You just, nope, she didn't say that. I didn't see that. Didn't see it. And then you don't dwell on it. Why? Because if you dwell on it, then it, it may, may be bad. Right? So from being forbearing, you have to overlook stuff. You have to overlook. And this is a good characteristic, an important characteristic for a successful marriage. Why? Because none of us is perfect. All of us, every single one of us, husbands, wives, every single one of us, we have characteristics that are undesirable. We have certain traits, certain habits that are undesirable, that somebody else don't like. And we have certain traits and certain characteristics that are desirable, that other people like. So, more specifically, as it relates to the husband and the wife, there are going to be certain things that the wife is not going to like about the husband. Certain things that he does, certain traits she doesn't like. Flip side, there's going to be certain traits, certain habits of hers that he doesn't like. Now, and these can be just personality type things. 
You know what I mean? Just personality, little yeah, thing or whatever. That you don't, you don't, you don't necessarily like that part of a person's personality, and so on and so forth. Okay? Everyone is like that. In order to live harmoniously, you have to what? You have to start to turn a, a blind eye to certain things. Because if you dwell on them, that's what the Shaitan wants you to do. Then that's going to lead to the divorce. But in any event, from being forbearant means that what? You have to be able to overlook things. Because forbearant means that what? You're overlooking things that are infringements upon you. You're, 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 you're having forbearance for harm that's done to what? To you. And that harm may be in a word. She may say something you don't like. She may say something you deem as disrespectful. It's probably... And probably disrespectful. Maybe disrespectful, right? Just like you're going to say things to her that's straight up disrespectful. But sometimes in being forbearant, that means what? You? I'm not going to respond to that. I'm not going to answer that. I'm not going to dignify that with an answer. I'm going to leave it. That's being forbearant. You have to train yourself about being forbearant in order for you what? Don't become angry. Likewise, of suburb, having patience. We have to train ourselves to be patient in order to what? But a person that has no patience, the slightest provocation, he's mad. He has no patience. Right? So in order to fulfill and implement this hadith, we have to train ourselves upon what? Upon outstanding characteristics. And we have to learn to, to be able to handle the abuse of the people, be it verbal or physical. We have to be able to learn to deal with the abuse of the people. All of this is needed in order to not become angry. And if an abd is granted success in doing this, فَإِنَّهُ إِذَا وَرَدَ عَلَيْهِ الْوَارِدُ الْغَضَبِ اِحْتَمَلَهُ بِحُسْنِ الْخُلُقِ So if a person is able and given a success, we should say, if a person is given a success in doing this, then when those things that come about that may cause him to become angry or cause her to become angry, then they will be able to carry that, to handle that, to weigh that yani, uh, burden with what? With good character. With good character. They'll be able to react in the best of manners. Now, And they'll be able to meet it with forbearance and patience. With forbearance and with patience. Women al Qawaid Al Mutaqarrira and from those principles that are all repeated, and I want you to understand this so you understand how the Salaf they understood what they understood from this command, don't become angry. Is that Anal Amr Bishay? When we are commanded with something, the command of something, Amrun bihi, illa bihi. It is a command to establish that thing itself, and also a command to establish those things that are needed to establish that command. Those things that without them, the command cannot be established. You understand? So for example, when we are commanded to pray, then by default we are commanded to establish the prayer, but we also what we're interested to what we are commanded to do is to make wudu. Because you can't, we can't pray without wudu. So we're also by default commanded with making wudu. Right? We commanded with facing the qibla. We commanded with covering our awrah, so on and so forth. Right? Commanded with praying in the right time, so on and so forth. Because we need these things in order to fulfill and establish the commandment. That makes sense? 
You sure? All right, now I got a question. Here we go. Here goes a scenario. You have to pray. You with me? You're fasting. I'm excuse me, not fasting. You're traveling. You're traveling, and, it, and you have to pray. The prayer is what? It's wagging, right? So the prayer is what? It's obligatory. It's wagging. Okay. You broke your wudu. You broke your wudu. You don't have any water. You with me? You broke your wudu. You broke your wudu. You don't have any water. Okay. You don't have access to free water. You don't have access to free water. You with me? But you have money though. You have money. In this scenario, what is the ruling on buying water? What's the ruling? Is it mustahab? Is it recommended? Is it makro? Is it hated? Is it haram? Is it, what is it? It's wajib. It's wajib for you to buy the water. Why? Because because the prayer is wajib. In order to fulfill the wajib, you got to do what? You got to make wudu. In order to make wudu, you got to do what? Now in this case, you have to buy water. So now buying water becomes what? Wajib. Wajib. Right? Okay. Same thing. Same thing of buying water. You're not real thirsty. You're a little thirsty. You want something to drink. You have option, maybe soda, maybe whatever, juice, whatever. Huh? So you decide, I'm going to buy water. Now, what's the ruling of buying water in this case? Is wajib? No, what is it? It's haram? No. Makruh? No. It's what? Huh? Is it? It's really up to you. It's mubah. It's up to you. It's mubah. Yeah, it's mubah. Right? I mean, we're saying that it's all the same difference. Whether you buy water, you buy yeah, whether you drink the water, you drink the soda, you drink the juice, yeah, it's not gonna nothing adverse, whatever. It, it's, it's no bias, it's okay. So you see the same the same thing could take a different ruling depending upon the situation. So it so if you have to if you have to do something, those things that are needed to carry out that command become what subsequently? What? Wajib. Okay, understanding the religion, what is it? It's wajib, mustahab, mubah. It's wajib. It's wajib to understand the religion. Correct? Okay, what is one of the main things you need to understand the religion is what? Knowledge. I have knowledge, but we, okay, let's go back. One of the main things you need to seek knowledge is what? Arabic. Arabic. Somebody say, seek, maybe I, seek knowledge, right? Okay, we got to seek knowledge. All right, you go, let's say you go overseas, you want to seek knowledge with the ulama. The ulama is speaking language? No, so then what you gotta do, you gotta learn how to communicate with them, right? Okay, the Quran is, is in English? What are you talking about? You know, you know what I mean? Huh? No, it's, 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 it's what? It's in Arabic. But, so what you gotta do? The, the, the hadith, the English? It's in Arabic. So you have to, so what do you need to get access? What are one of those important keys? Is what? It's Arabic. So now do you understand why Shaykh Islam even say me? He said that what? Learning Arabic is what? It's wajib. Why? Because we need it to fulfill what is obligatory. That makes sense? Yes. Okay. Fine. Also, on the flip side, and when we are 
forbidden from something, then by default it's a command with the opposite. That makes sense? When we're forbidden for something, then it's a command to establish its opposite. This is very important. So now when we look at it, when we look at the principle, or these two principles, right? And reflect back to this hadith, do we see how vast this hadith really is? Two words, two words. But now when you look at what is needed to fulfill not becoming angry, that's a whole lot of stuff. And then now, don't become angry means we got to establish the opposite. That's what? A whole lot of stuff. Because what enters into establishing the opposite is what? And that's what we get into the next point. The next thing that the hadith points to is that when Amr, uh, when sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bi'adam al-ghadab, fihi amrun bi'adam tanfeed al-ghadab, that when the Prophet sallallahu commanded him not to become angry, then he commanded, is this in actuality was a command to Control your anger. Don't let your anger reach its max, its epitome. Yani control the anger. Don't let the anger take full effect. That's what it means. Now, nah, that's a better way of putting it. Don't let the anger take full effect. And Shirah he mentions in general, in, in, in summary, that the command of don't become angry is not telling you don't feel mad. As we're going to come to see, inshallah ta'ala. It's not telling you don't feel anger. Because anger is from those things that, yani, yani is from the natural disposition of, of human beings. Right? You get angry. And you can't control that. You understand? From the beauty of the deen of Islam is that what is a deen that it, 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 yani agrees with the fitrah. It's a deen that agrees with the fitrah. Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, has not put upon us a burden that we can't bear. So it is not, don't feel any anger, because you got liars out there, right? You got liars out there from the other religions and things of this nature, mystics, spiritual, whatever, and they say, oh, I don't get mad, I don't feel anger. Yeah, right, you're a human being, you get mad, you're just a liar. You understand, everybody get mad, because we're humans. You understand what I'm saying? Islam don't call people to some type of fictitious fairy tale understanding, yani, and 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 this how you supposed to be as a no. Be, it, it, it agrees with with yani, Subhanallah, right? Our deen this shows you the superiority of Islam. It shows you the superiority of Islam. You understand? Listen, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala doesn't put upon the the human being that it is a thing of righteousness that you just yani turn away from your carnal desires. That's not, a, that's not a, 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 something of righteousness. You're going to prove your righteousness. We're going to stay away from getting married. And we're just going to live a life of celibacy and so on and so forth. That proves how religious and righteous I am and spiritual. I don't need no physical and whatever. You understand? If that was the standard of righteousness and all the human beings was upon that, it would have been one generation of human beings and then khalas. Correct? But... When an individual tries to twist and try to bend the fitrah, then we see what happened. We see what's happening with them Catholics, huh? We see what they're doing. They're saying, we ain't getting married, so they touch little boys. Why? Because you're going to do it anyway. Either you're going to do it the right way, or you're going to do it the wrong way. That's the reality. You're going to do it anyway. Look at those societies that say, no polygyny in a society. Polygyny is unlawful in society. Everybody, one man, one woman, you get married once, that's it. That stop, that stop men from having girlfriends and, and mistresses and so on and so forth? No, not at all. 
Why? Because you're going to do it anyway. You're going to do it the right way, you're going to do it the wrong way. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sends us in the sharia is that what? He teaches us how to do everything the right way. He don't say turn off your carnal desires, don't worry about any intercourse with, with the opposite sex and so on and so forth. No, it tells us how to do it right. You do it with marriage. You don't, you don't fornicate. You don't, you know, so on and so forth. You get married. People have rights, you fulfill the rights. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He made us. He made us as men. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows we have the ability to be with more than one woman. If you think about it from an anthropological standpoint, it's good for human beings in society and for the continuation of human beings. Gestation period for a woman is what? Nine months. Every man you're going to wait nine months. That baby might, might survive, might not survive, might go for a term, might not go for a term, so on and so forth. Even come out good, that's why it's nine months and that's it. Huh? If we have to populate an area, isn't it more efficient? A man has four wives? Four women pregnant at the same time? More efficient, right? Maybe two pregnant, this, this one breastfeeding, that one, you know, not yet. It's more efficient. We get more human beings out of the situa- out of situation that helps to the continuation of human beings. That's good for what humanity. You understand? And because of that fact being the fact in the way it is, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has made us in such a way that we can handle that. That makes sense? Because the deed causes to what? To, to, yeah, I mean, this shows you the beauty of Islam. Shows you the beauty of Islam. Anyway, it's not, the hadith is not saying don't get mad. It's not saying don't get mad, but rather saying control yourself when you get mad. Control yourself when you get mad. Because generally, a person, he's not able to repel anger in totality and just not feel mad, not feel anger. Something happens, he just don't feel mad. Right? He's not able to do that. Now, I mean, of course, there's certain things may not bother you. That's fine as individuals that bother you. But then there are other things that bother you a lot. You can't help it. It bothers you. But rather, an individual, he has to control himself. He has to yeah, he control himself to not let the anger go too far. To not let the anger reach its full epitome. He has to control himself. And how become now anger management? We have to be able to control ourselves. Now, and from the proofs that we have not, that this command of la tawdab is not to be understood of don't feel anger. That's not what it means, but rather it means control yourself when you get mad. That's what it means. Control yourself when you get mad. Don't say things that are haram. Don't do things that are haram when you get mad. The proof that we are not commanded not to feel anger is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَإِذَا مَا هُمْ يَغْفِرُونَ And when they get mad, they forgive. Saying that what? They feel angry. They got mad. But then they did what? They forgave. They let it go. Right? The Prophet Sallallahu he said, لَيْسَ الشَّدِيدُ بِسُرْعَةِ إِنَّمَا الشَّدِيدُ مَنْ يَمْلِكُ نَفْسَهُ عِنْدَ الْغَضَبِ He said he's not the, the, the strong man, the one who can knock a man down, but the strong man is the man that controls himself when he gets angry. Meaning that what? In order to control anger means you feel anger. That makes sense? So we see from the prophetic uh, sunnah, we see from Allah's book that the believer is going to get angry. Is going to get angry. But we are commanded to control our anger. We are commanded to control our anger. And 
the controller of the anger is of tremendous importance. From those things which will help us to control the anger, naam, is one of the hadith we mentioned yesterday. Naam, it was a hadith we mentioned yesterday. When the two men were verbally abusing one another, right? And the Prophet ﷺ, he said, إِنِّي لَا أَعْلَمُ كَلِمَةً لَوْ قَالَهَا لَذَهَبَ عَنْهُمْ مَا He said that, I know a kalim, he said, verily, I know a word that if he were to say it, then what, what, what he has found will, will leave. Yani, meaning that anger, it will go away. I know a statement that if you say it, that anger will go away. What was that statement? Who remembers? <laughs> so from those things, which what? Which is from anger management, is to besiege Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect you from the shaitan. You get mad, you start feeling mad, seek refuge in Allah from the shaitan. Seek refuge in Allah from the shaitan. Because the shaitan is our enemy. And he wants what? He wants to use that weapon of anger against us to destroy us. Naam. In specific, as we're talking about right now, to destroy our marriage. To get us to divorce our wife. You understand what I'm saying? If he can't get us to divorce our wife straight up, then what he get? He get us to abuse her. Verbally abuse her. Mentally abuse her. Physically abuse her. Huh? Smack her around. Throw her down. Why? Because eventually she gonna get tired of that and then what? She gonna want out. So whether he destroy it this way, or he destroy it that way, or he destroy it from the other way, or the other way, don't matter to him, as long as it's destroyed. Whether whether you divorce her, or she asks for a khula, don't matter, as long as it's destroyed. Because he's out to destroy your marriage. You understand? So you have, you have to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the shaitan. So when we get mad, we have to seek refuge in Allah from shaitan. Now, and that's in general, that's particular to the marriage, yes. But in general, we get mad, seek refuge in Allah from shaitan. How many people in the lost their job because they got mad and you, you said to your boss what you shouldn't have said? <laughs> Few of us, huh, maybe. <laughs> Don't raise your hand. Give it to yourself. <laughs> but we you know, shaitan messed stuff up. That's what, that's what he do. So from anger management is to seek refuge in Allah from the shaitan, from the whispers of the shaitan. Also, from those things that are needed, and we're not mentioning everything, but just some of the things that are needed for anger management, is that what? Is that we need to be quiet. Remember that? We need to be quiet. If we get mad, naam, get, get quiet. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, ahadukum, he said, if one of you get mad, be quiet. When one of you get mad, be quiet. Don't say nothing. You feeling that you ang- angry? Don't say nothing. Be quiet. Now, it's very important. Also from those things that are needed, and from in what, which is from the Sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, as relates to anger management, is that what? At-taba'ud an kulli ma is to stay away from everything that will stoke the anger. Everything that'll get you mad, stay away from it. Right? Those things that, that, that anger you, stop, don't dwell on them. Stop thinking about them. Stop letting them repeat over and over and over and over and over and over in your head. Because that's going to lead to you saying something, and that's going to lead to you doing something, and so on and so forth. Now, to stay away from those things that will cause you to be angry. And as for the, 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 the husband uh, interacting with his wife, don't do things that you know will anger your wife. And likewise for the woman, 
Don't do things you know will anger your husband. We have to help each other in this. Naam. But stay away from those causes, those things that will make you angry. Naam. A, a, a tremendous thing that we have to do preemptively and during the time of is that we have to constantly beg Allah, constantly make dua unto Allah. Begging Allah, making dua unto Allah, that is our greatest weapon. That's the best thing we can do. That's the best thing we can do to uh, 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 manage our anger is to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say, He's he's to say in oh Allah, I ask you for Tiani that I say a true statement when I'm mad and when I'm pleased. I ask you that I say a true statement when I'm mad and when I'm pleased. Now and that Tiani is tremendous. That is tremendous. That we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who say a true statement, to say a statement that's within its yani its proper scope, its proper way, and so on and so forth. To say a statement that's appropriate. Now, I mean, I don't want anyone to, to think, oh, that means we, I'm gonna be brutally honest. They say, Well, I ain't lying. But you know what you're saying is hurting the feelings. Huh? So don't say. Don't beat it down. Don't berate her. He said, Why you saying that, that was that wasn't right? No, but that's not the point, is it? You so the 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 the, the, the statement of Hopkins is a statement that of, of justice, a statement that, that is appropriate. You, everything put in the proper place, saying it at the proper time, in the proper tone, utilizing the proper words, so on and so forth. This is very important. We have to watch what we say. And from the best ways and means of checking what we say is by asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify our tongues and to make us of those who say the truth when they mad and when they are pleased. Ma'am, to say the truth when they are mad and when they are pleased. Also, from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu and again for time, we're summarizing, we're summarizing that which was already summarized, right? And just mentioning certain key points, ta'ala. But I want you to know and to understand there's a lot more out there. And this ta'ala is just an encouragement for you to continue into your studies and to look uh, more and in, in more depth in detail into these issues to learn these hadith and these uh, uh, supplications and so on and so forth and to further get understanding in this particular area because this is this is needed. To be a good husband, you gotta watch your anger. You got to control your anger. You got to control your anger with your wives. You got to control your anger with your children. You got to control your anger. Period. To be a good human being, you got to got to control your anger, ma'am. But from the Sunnah, from the Sunnah, and it's a hadith. I'm pretty sure we all know. The Prophet Sallallahu he said, If you one of you gets mad and you standing up, what are you supposed to do? For the edgeless, Shaif. We know it, right? Sit down. If you sit down and that's good, and alhamdulillah, the anger it go away. Alhamdulillah, you good. You got to do nothing else. If anger didn't go away, then what you supposed to do? You're supposed to lay down. We 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 all have heard this hadith before, right? Well, obviously, you just told me, right? So sorry for asking a stupid question, but anyway, what's some of the benefit? Why? Why sit down? Why lay down? What's some of the benefit? The, the anger, when you anger, it goes up. Now, I said. 
You heard what the Shaykh said? Because when you get angry, what? Now. So you sitting down, but it helps to what? Diminish it. Helps suppress it. If you're sitting down and you're just so mad it's not helping, then what do you do? You lay down. That makes it, that, that, that helps you suppress it even more. You understand what I'm saying? I don't care if you gotta curl up in a, in a fetal position. If that's what it takes, yo, that's what it takes. Lay down. Lay down. Now, for the husband and the wife, I want you to contemplate on this. Husband and the wife, you get mad with somebody, live in your house with you. You live in the same house. Huh? Now, my sons, say you ahead of the game. Allah, 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 you better feed. Now, you, 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 yeah, it's not like a situation, you know, you get mad at your boss, you, you storm out his office, you get mad at, you know, the brother here, you storm out the store, whatever, you know what I mean? You can leave, you can put some distance between, but now you, you your wife, you, you live there, she lived there, I mean, call us, right? Some of the benefits in this, the Shaykh, he mentions, he says, وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ الْغَضْبَانِ إِنْ بَقِيَ قَائِمًا حَالَ he said, because if you are, if the person who's mad remains standing while he is angry, then he's going to be near to the one who made him mad. He's going to be close to him. You understand what I'm saying? Going to be close to him. Now I want you to, now I want you to compliment this. From the benefits and from anger management is that when you, when a person makes you mad, Back up from them. Put distance between yourself and them. Right? That's from, that, that's, that's, that's from the sunnah. That when you mad, you probably say, well, that's from the sunnah. That, this hadith, this is a delay right here. But when you get mad, put distance between you and yourself and that person. And watch and be warned from your enemy to shaitan. Because the shaitan tell you to do what? The opposite. You get mad, get in his face. You get mad, get in the face. How many times people be mad, arguing with each other, nose to nose, rubbing in the, spitting in each other's face, spitting on each other's lips, arguing in each other's face, right? But that usually escalates to what? A physical altercation. Now, I don't know about you, a grown man put his face in my face, he ain't gonna be there long, right? That's gonna lead to a physical altercation. So point is, you dealing with your wife now, you mad? She made you mad, or vice versa. Then now you are you are you are positioned, you are in the right position to do what? To get your revenge against him. Maybe you hit him. Or you slap him. Or you oppress him. You oppress him in some way. But if you sit down now, you're further from them. And if you lay down, you're even more further. You're even more further from them. You lay down. Right? Now how much more so, if you laying down requires now, you look around, you say, you know what, I'm going to... You go to your room now, you lay down. Maybe you argue in the kitchen. Okay, and go to your room. I'm gonna go to the room and lay down. So now you're even further. You understand what I'm saying? So these things are from those things that help us to control our anger. And this is important is that we have to strive to control. Strive to control the anger by implementing the sunnah. Now, a lot of us know when you get mad, don't say nothing. The problem, yeah, if you ain't got nothing good to say, don't say nothing. Right? 
That's in the prophetic guidance. مَنْ كَانَ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْآخِرِ فَلْيَقُولْ خَيْرًا أَوْ لِيَسْمُدُ Whoever believes Allah on the last day, let him say good or be quiet. Don't say anything. That's from anger management. You got nothing good to say, don't say nothing. You know you don't have anything good to contribute to the situation? Don't say anything. You, you, you know that this statement is not going to dissolve this anger or is not going to yani, uh, rectify the situation or bring peace to the house? Don't say it. You know that if you say this thing, it's going to make her even more mad. Don't say it. Don't say it. You know if you say this thing, it's going to enrage her. And women are, and women are uh, 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 what do you call it? Women are emotional. Women are emotional. If you push her emotional buttons and know you're going to say something that's going to make her fly off, fly off the hinges, and you say it anyway, that, that's not smart. At all. Right? But likewise for the women. You know you push that man buttons and you know if you push his buttons, he's gonna he gonna blow up and act in, in a way. Why, why are you pushing his buttons? You understand what I'm saying? It's like we push each other's buttons and then we get mad when we succeed, it works. I only said that to make you mad. Then you go, why are you so mad? Cause you just you just tell me you said something to make me mad. It worked. Now I'm mad. <laughs> and then you're gonna tell me you got the nerve, tell me don't get mad. Come on. Why are you pushing my buttons? So likewise, we don't like our buttons pushed, do we, brothers? No, and our, our wives know how to push our buttons, do they? They do. So likewise, don't push her buttons. Don't push her buttons. You don't like it when it happens to you, so don't do it to her. Okay? It is incumbent, it is a must, it is important that we learn to help one another. To help one another upon good. If we're mad, that nothing good to say, don't say anything. But the point is, is that we have to apply these things because we know this stuff, we know this guidance, but yet we still find ourselves at times doing and saying things we shouldn't be doing the same. Correct? Saying stuff we should not have said, but we say it anyway. Right? We know the guidance of the promise I sent them about when we get mad, sit down, did, that don't work, lay down. We know this, but when's the last time you got mad and sat down and then laid down? You understand? And then, we, and then we wonder why so much tension in the house. Why so much tension? Why so many always arguing? This and that and this. Because we're not applying the medicine. We're not applying the sunnah of the Prophet them to our lives. We're not applying the Quran to our lives. So how can our lives be rich if we're not applying that which brings richness and wealth to the life? How is our life going to be enriched? It's not. All the chaos, that which removes chaos and puts peace and tranquility and order inside a person's life. We're not applying it, so how are we expecting peace and tranquility, peace of mind, and so on, and mental stability? How are we expecting that if we're not applying the guise of the Quran and the Sunnah? You understand what I'm saying? This is important for all of us. These are things that we need in our daily lives, right? You don't know how many people, they come and they say, listen, we need more classes dealing with stuff that help us in our daily life. We're going through some things, you know, emotionally, you know, mentally, so on and so on. We need things to help us in our daily lives. That's, that's jayid. I mean, we all need that. Huh? From the Sunnah and the Prophet, that's, that's, that's for what? That's what the khutbah is for. You, you address the community with what they need. That's, that's, that's from the purpose of the khutbah. You teach the people what they need. That which is particular to them, what they need. That makes sense to you? 
When you address your community, you're supposed to talk to them and what they need, what benefits them, issues they're going through, stuff they need to hear. Imam Muqbir, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, and, what, and, what, and from the hadith that point this out, he said is that when the Prophet was given a khutbah and the man came in and he just sat down, the Prophet stopped what he was talking about, stopped what he was talking about, and asked that man, did you pray two rakaat? Did you pray? He said, no. He said, then stand and pray two light, two, two light rakaat. He totally stopped the, 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 the topic and he addressed the immediate need because that was needed in the time, which is an indication that you address the people with that which they need. You understand what I'm saying? So the point is, is that we should be hearing week in and week out that which we need. We hear reminders, you know, like we'll be going over this weekend about good character and so on and so forth, reminding us of that which we need daily in our daily lives. Now the challenge is, the challenge is what? Implementing it. We have to implement it. Because if we don't implement it, then what's the use of saying, brother, we need the stuff that, that help in our day-to-day life? Okay, if you don't implement it, then what? It's like you say, I need a car. Okay, life, somebody give you a car. Give you the keys. So on and so forth. But then you don't drive it. I still need a car. Well, you have it a car, you just get in and drive it. What do you keep asking for a car for? Then you get a car? Right? So we're asking for guidance, but then we don't seek it. We don't implement the guidance that we have. This is not from the proper adab. Sheikh Abdul Razak, that's what he mentions. He says that we have to be sincere, we have to have the proper yani, uh, uh, follow up when we make dua. He said, for example, if you ask that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make the Quran pleasing to you and so on and so forth, he said, then you have to take the means of, 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 of that. He said, so you don't ask that and then you turn around and don't look at the Quran, you don't read the Quran, you don't, re- you don't reflect over the Quran, you don't listen to the Quran and so on and so forth, but then you say, you ask Allah for that. They say that's not how you do it. You ask Allah for it, and then you take those means by way in which you need to do it. So we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to guide us. So now we gotta what? We gotta stick to the guidance in which Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given us. He sent down to us the Quran and the Sunnah. So we have to stick to it and apply it inside of our lives. This is the importance of the likes of Riyadh al-Salihin and so on and so forth. Why Imam al we put this book together like this? Huh? So that we, so that the Muslim can read it and, 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 and benefit from it and utilize these ahadith in their day-to-day lives. Imam, Imam, Imam Bukhari wrote that Ibn Mufrad, why? So that the Muslim can look inside these ahadith and they could what? They can utilize it in their day-to-day life. We, all of us probably got a copy of uh, Riyadh al-Salihin at least, right? But when's the last time we read it? When's the last time we thought about it? When's the last time we tried to implement the hadith that's contained therein? When's the last time we tried to understand the meaning of those hadith that are contained therein? And so on and so forth. And then we come back and we complain about having a bad life and about, oh, I'm, uh, you know, I don't got mental stability, I'm feeling depressed and all this type of stuff. And we away from that which brings tranquility to the heart. The dhikr of Allah brings tranquility to the heart. We away from it and wonder why we, our heart is not tranquil. So I'm saying all this to say, what's the takeaway? What's the takeaway? We have to implement what we know. Right? Right or wrong? We have to implement what we know. That is the takeaway. We have to implement what we know. Strive upon that. Help each other upon that. Beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the first of the affair, the middle of the affair, and the end of the affair to give us success and to guide us to that which he loves and that which he's pleased with to make us from those who are upright. And with that, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give me and you the success in doing that which he loves and that which he's pleased with. And to make us of those who that when they are given, they are thankful.
sabr, and when they are tested, they are patient. And, and when they make sin, they ask for forgiveness. Because these three are signs of happiness. It's how you be happy. Now, by implementing and being upon those characteristics. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to make us a blessing wherever we may be, beneficial to ourselves and beneficial to others. And to make us a those who, when they hear a statement, they follow the best of it. Jazakumullahu khaira for all of the hospitality, the warm reception from all of the brothers. May Allah Ta'ala reward all of those who are responsible for um, putting this program together, all those who have helped and aided and assisted, all those who have came out and participated. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala reward the administration of the masjid and our beloved brother Abu Yusuf Khalifa for having good thoughts about us and asking us uh, and, yani, and, and being very kind and generous to us by asking us to come and to be able to help and to participate. May Allah Ta'ala reward each and every one of you and all of your families and all those who may hear this hada fa yani tafi bihada al-qadar wa sallam ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa jazakum allahu khayra